Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now, 105 in Edmonton. It's a game night. The Oilers and the New York Islanders here at Rogers Place. Second time in five days. Islanders coming off a 4-2 loss last night in Calgary. Of note, the Islanders are 9-0 and in the second of back-to-backs. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Uh, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Not your small-town dealership with a new, huge, state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. 106 in Edmonton, and in this hour, in 23 seconds' time, for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar, longtime NHL executive, now uh, an analyst for NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline where we're talking to Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. I'll apologize in advance. I'm in a somewhat noisy area. I've gone to the quietest part of it, but there will be a little background noise where there normally isn't, so I apologize. Brian, as long as we don't hear this, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the stage. We'll be okay, okay? <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, we're closing in on the trade deadline. So a question I have for you is, I mean, the Oilers are in a tough spot. They can still make the playoffs technically. they gotta, they got to have a lot of things going right, including winning some games, which they haven't been doing. But is there ever a point when you're a team that seems like an obvious team to maybe be moving a UFA where you don't do that because you're short on bodies with your team? Yes. I mean, I did that. People remember uh, when in Anaheim we lost to Edmonton in the conference finals. And I kept Ruslan Soleil, who passed away in that tragic Russian plane crash. But Rusty Soleil, in fact, he blocked a shot in San Jose. We rode back together to Anaheim, and he said, I suppose you trade me with the deadline count. I said, no, I think this team can make a run, and I need you. You're going to be my rental. So you got to play your butt off for me, and then I'll help you get the big dough in the summer, which all happened. We got to the conference final. He was great. 
And then he signed a big deal with Florida. We actually told Florida, look, we'd love to keep him. We can't. He'd be great. So, yes. I, I, you know, texting with Keith about this. They want to do hockey deals if they can. They're still in the hunt. They believe their goaltending has been excellent, and they've played well enough to win. They think Secker coming back gives them a lift. And Gagne, he feels, has added some offense and leadership. So they think the changes that already been made might bear fruit. And where I'm going, this is obviously Alex Chason because he's a $650,000 cap hit. He had the hot start to the season, Brian, as you know, 16 goals in his first 30 games. He's only got one in his last 20. But in fairness, like in Carolina on Friday night, he had eight shots on goal. He was all around the net all game long. Uh, he's a guy because of his cap hit where teams would, and he won a cup last year. He can play in your bottom six and help you out. He's cheap. People would say, well, the Oilers have to get something for that player. And I'm of the belief that, well, just hold on a second here. It's got to it's got to make sense. It's like it should just be an automatic. Just trade him for draft picks. You got to get something for him. No, and if they're still in the hunt, you wouldn't get a great draft pick for Chase. On played for me in Calgary. He's a great kid, wonderful young man. He had a great first half. You wouldn't get a lot, I don't think, for Alex. So. The, the notion that you get, say, a third or fourth round pick versus a guy that might be the difference in getting into the playoffs or not, you know, that, that's getting into the playoffs has value. I wouldn't give up a lot just to get in. You know, you wouldn't trade a first round pick just to get in because I think whoever comes in in the eighth spot is going to get their ass kicked <laughs> black and blue by in the first round. So paying a high price just to get in doesn't make a lot of sense, but keeping assets and trying to get that last spot. I tell you what, if you're a season ticket holder at Rogers Arena, you'd love to see some playoff hockey. Well, and, and and even if, you know what, even down the stretch, I mean, and the Oilers have already got a depleted roster up front, and that's part of the reason why Pichirelli's not here anymore, is the moves he made did not work out. Uh, you brought up a good point about Gagne uh, coming in and Sekra. I mean, Spooner uh, wasn't going to happen here for Spooner. Gagne's familiar to the market. And uh, he's always had offensive instincts. Sekra gives him a different dimension. And once he gets up and running at the NHL level, it changes the complexion of their makeup of their defense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, and I mean, that's a good player to add. That's, that's like getting a rental. This would be like if Edmonton went out getting Sekra back at this point in the season. It's no different than if they went out and spent a first and a second to get a defenseman of that quality. He's a good player. And he's a quality guy. So I, I think it's a major addition. I think I'm a big Gagne fan. I saw him play for the Marlies about 10 days ago. No pouting. He's playing in the American League. Worked his tail off. Played well. So I think they put two guys in that make them better. Uh, they're still in the hunt. They're still very much alive. Now, what's complicating the mathematics for me, if, if I'm Keith Gretzky, is two teams have made a magnificent push in the last 12 games, and that's Chicago and St. Louis. And yes. that's... You know, there were, we all had a toe tag on both those teams about a month ago, and uh, and now they're they're both very much alive. And if St. Louis keeps winning, who knows where they could end up? So that that has complicated the math. If you're an Oilers fan, these two pushes have really made it difficult now. Uh, and now they'll t- they'll tap out here at some point. They're not going to keep winning unlimited. But this push has changed the whole. I mean, obviously the, the standings have changed, but the dynamic also of how many teams you have to catch. It's one thing to say you're only six points out, but if you've got to leapfrog four teams to get in, that's hard to do. And especially, like last night, night before, three-point games. Right. 
Absolutely. So you're, ch- you're chasing a team. You managed to get two points, and the two teams ahead of you each get one. Makes it tough. Brian Burke joining us uh, for Canadian Power Pack. Brian, uh, I always liked Dylan Strome, okay? Uh, and I watched a lot of areas as much as I could. Chris Knobloch was there as coach, and I knew Chris from his days at the U of A. And, you know, Kevin Lowe put Chris in that job in Erie. But even I am a little bit surprised by what he's accomplished um, with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's basically a point per game through 35 games. And as Patrick Kane's a brilliant player, but the fact that they're playing Strom with Debrinkit and Cahoon, they've got themselves a, a second line that's absolutely humming, and that allows them to play Taze and Kane together. Are you a little bit surprised by what Strom has been able to do for the Hawks, given the lack of traction that he had with the Arizona Coyotes organization? Yes, I'm very surprised. I think anyone who gives a different answer is, is probably – Lion. And this is a perfect storm for him. He's landed in a place where he's familiar with his line mates. There was some chemistry before he got there. This is one where I think Stan Bowman really did his homework because they've landed a guy in a spot where he's almost guaranteed to succeed. And had he gone almost anywhere else, I think he would have continued to scuffle because I didn't like him in Arizona. I didn't like him anywhere else. But it's hard not to like him now. He's basically a pointy game. He's had a heck of a run here. Uh, which brings us to the cautionary tale and the 297th time that we've talked in our you know six months together about Yessa Poliarvi. Now the question I have for you is Yessa is uh, represented by Marcus Lato, and there are options for European players. You know, uh, there's a Finnish team that's in the KHL. Uh, guys can make European money. That's better than being paid on an entry-level deal down in the American Hockey League. How much does that factor in a decision-making, or should it factor in a decision-making process for an NHL general manager? Well, a few guys have gone back overseas and played, and you keep your rights if they do. So if that's what the player elects to do, that's not a, a fatally flawed result for the Evans and Oilers. They keep his rights. He goes back, maybe develops faster. Maybe he's more comfortable in that league and get some of the skills he needs to play in the NHL quicker. But I still haven't changed my view. Uh, I keep pointing out the number of players and people who listen to the show a lot, and I hope there's a, a bunch of regulars. Yep. They'll say, he's just beating the same drum. And saying, what about Marcus Naz and what about this guy? It takes some guys longer. I will tell you again. We all had Puyarvi right where they took him. So if the Edmonton Oilers screwed this pick up, if they did, I am telling you, 29 other teams had this player right there. We did in Calgary. Central Scouting had him right there. And the, the issue is, if you quit on him too fast and he turns into a player, that's going to haunt for maybe 10 years that could haunt you. And there's no harm in, in hanging in there a little bit longer with him. So you got the positive end of it because you ended up with Naslin in Vancouver. Did you ever have the opposite experience where you moved a guy out too quickly? Yeah, I'm sure I did, and I'm sure there's people that track these things, but um, guys that, you know, like, well, I'll give you an example of a, a trade I made that didn't work out the way we planned it was the Kessel deal with Boston, where we put our first-round pick in, didn't lottery protect it, because we really believed as an organization we would finish somewhere uh, where we would pick somewhere between 12 and 20. Yep. Now, we, we talked about, okay, what if it's the top pick? What if it's Taylor Hall or what if it's Tyler Sagan? We talked about that, and we concluded that was remote. And obviously it bit me right in the back of my pants. 
So I, I'm not, I can't recall right off the top of my head where I gave up on a guy too soon, but I'm willing to bet big money I did it. Well, and see, Brian, that's what people like about you. You, you might be a, a, a guy who uh, brings some bluster, but you also have humility. I mean, because it ended up being, uh, what, the second overall? What was Hamilton, the ninth overall pick as well, right? So they got the two picks, but you got yourself a 30 goal, like a dynamic 30-goal scorer for the Leafs, and you made the playoffs in 2013. And do I remind you about that one, by the way? Yeah, I was, I was gone before that happened. They, they gassed me right when that short season started, but the team I left, with one change, made the playoffs. And yes, it ended badly, but when I did the Kessel deal, I felt there was a price point fatigue in our market. We had all that we had the highest ticket prices in the NHL, full bill every night, no stars. So part of the thinking on Phil was we got to have someone to sell tickets, right? Someone that can perform, and that was a lot of the thinking. But the collapse of the team, even though we talk about okay, what if this is the second pick overall or first pick overall, and we all believed after an honest assessment. There's no way that could happen. And then that's the one that was like an 18-wheeler going off a cliff that season. Brian Burke joining us, courtesy of Canadian Power Pack. Brian, you did run the 2012 draft for the Leafs, right? Uh, that was the yeah. Yakupov draft. Yep. And you guys got Morgan Riley. And yep. that's a pretty good guy. I mean, of the top, if you look at the top five, Yakupov's playing for St. Petersburg. He's having a 20-goal season in the KHL. Uh, Ryan Murray, to me, has never been higher than a four in the NHL, ever, and is probably a five based on how Columbus deploys him. Uh, Galchenyuk, he, he, you know, he had a couple good years in Montreal, but I think it's safe to say he's a middle six forward. He's not a top-line forward. Griffin Reinhardt's playing for Rocky Thompson in Chicago, and then there's Morgan Riley. Uh, Lindholm went sixth, Truba went ninth, so they're worse. Gumba went seventh. There you go. Yeah, that was a good draft. And, and mind you, there were guys later in the first round. I think uh, there's a couple of big names that, that popped later in that draft. Like, is that Panarin's draft? Uh, well, he um, would have popped. I'll have to check here for you. But yeah, I, so I guess... that was the top five. What I, what I said to Morgan Riley when I went up in the crowd, when he was coming up on the stage, I said, Morgan, we had you rated number one. And the media took a strip off me in Toronto, and they're like, oh, he says that to everybody. I'm like, well, no, I don't. I didn't say it to Nazem Kadri because we didn't have number one. But we had Morgan Riley number one. And, and I told him that, and he's the best of those five players by a mile. Yeah. Uh, Forsberg is a high – that's the year Forsberg fell, remember? He was yeah. ranked higher. Yeah. He's the highest-scoring player from that draft year. He's got 293 points. Galchenyuk's actually second with 287 Riley is the third highest scoring player from that draft year, and he is a defenseman. So that's a yeah. pretty, good, pretty good pick on your part. You've already discussed you did. You guys didn't have a good time during the the, the Yakupov interview. Kind of sent you sideways, right? Now, do you think part yeah. of did did Neil think that he was too good to be drafted as low as five? Yes, he he was insulted. I've had this happen a couple times with high picks who are insulted that uh, that I would interview them and. I remember one player, and I'll tell you who. Well, I'll think of it. I probably won't think of it today, but I'll find, I'll, I'll research for next week. Um, sat in the, in the chair and couldn't be bothered. Like was just barely answering the questions, barely a civil one-word answers. So finally, I said to him, "If you know anything about me, I've moved up twice in the draft to get a guy I like, and you're sure not giving me any indication I should do that here. So sit up and pay attention." And thereafter, he was a fine interview subject. Any guy ever crush it with you? Like, oh yeah, Gabriel Landeskog. 
Yeah. Gabriel Landers, he, I wanted to, I, I felt like saying to him, hey, why don't you sit at the table while we interview these other kids? <laughs> like he was, he was, on, I said on TV last night, I said, you are looking at a future NHL general manager. Gabriel Landeskog, unbelievable kid. Brad May. Brad May's draft interview, he walked out and Pat Quinn turned to me and said, we got to get another another first round pick. Yeah, well, Gabriel Landeskog, I think he speaks English better than 98% of the radio hosts in this country. It's pretty impressive. That's that's a low bar, my friend. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So NHL trade deadline. Is there a human part of this that maybe the fans don't always appreciate with how taxing it is on the players and, for that matter, on the managers? Well, it's a hard time for the managers. I mean, you've got guys in real life or death situations right now based on where their teams are. A couple of GMs have already been fired. A couple of coaches have already been fired. So, you know, this is this is a desperate time. If, if your job hinges, if you were still Peter, Peter Shirelli were still there, and his future hinged on this team getting in, this would be some of the worst days. It's like I said on TV, you don't sleep. The first casualty of this job when you're under pressure is sleep. You sleep poorly. You're sharp with people around you. You're sharp with your staff. You're sharp with your kids, and you lock your dog in the mudroom so you can't kick him. And that's what it's like. You're driving to work feeling the, the weight of the world. You drive home feeling the weight of the world. The games are agony. It's hard. And for a player, you know, players are human beings. They're not racehorses and they're not cars. For them to see their name in print time and time again um, it is really hard on them. And then what happens, of course, is the guy gets on a plane and his wife has to do the whole move. She's got to get the realtor, turn off the hydro, turn off ADT, uh, find a new house, get the utility circle there. She Find the mover. She does all that. So it's very disruptive. Now, the one good thing is trades usually benefit players. They usually go somewhere where they're better off. They get more ice time. The coach likes them better. So like every move I made in my job professionally was was a positive move. Right, right. You know, when you describe what general managers go through and, you know, they're short with people around them, around the trade deadline – I, my experience with Peter Shirelli is it, it must have seemed like every day was like a trade deadline when I was around him. Then. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, just kidding. I, 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 have, I know Peter better than anyone listening. I've gone fishing with him. Yep. I've socialized with him. And it's unfortunate in Edmonton that he never showed that side because he is a really good guy. Oh, no. He, he, had a, he had a humor. There were a couple times where we had a, a couple chuckles along the way, most of which were during the 2016-17 season, which shows you how quickly things can change in this league. Because if yep. you told me, Brian, at the end of, when, when Edmonton got eliminated in Game 7 by Anaheim, part of me was thinking, you know, we didn't, and I say we, didn't get a goal from Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, and Pouliot. That's $22 million worth of forwards at even strength in that series and lost three one-goal games to Anaheim. Like, it's right there. Like, you know, and I knew there yeah. would be. But if you had told me that year, Brian, that there's Peter Shirelli up for executive of the year, voted on by his peers. There's Todd McClellan up for coach of the year, voted on by the most knowledgeable of the media. That would be the broadcasters. Just kidding for all our writer friends out there. Um... Uh, I would have said there is no way Edmonton would have been in the position there in two years later, but they are. It happens. Yeah, and, and that's it, the business. It it's, it, you can't really predict it. I mean, did you see the Flames taking this? they got a hell of a team. Did you see them taking this big of a step forward this year? No, I really like their team, but the trade that Brad Trilevy made in the summer is the one that put them over the top with Carolina. I mean, uh, Lindholm has been lights out amazing. And um, 
And uh, Hannafin's been excellent, certainly as good as Dougie Hamilton was. So they're, 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 even if you say that's a dead heat part of the trade, and Michael Furlan has played well, but not great. And, and they've got the, the young defenseman yet to come, but he's playing at Harvard, the Fox kid. He's playing at Harvard. Yeah. And there's no guarantee he's going to sign with Carolina. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's Bessie and these guys that do the, the August 15th deadline. So right. um, I, I think that's a trade that put him over the top. And I was gone by then, so I can't take any credit for that. Most of the other moves they made were made while I was there. I'm really glad they're having a good year. I'm, I'm happy for Brad Schlewing. He's a great guy. But, uh, no, you're right. This is this business is so hard to predict. And I, you're, you're betting on human beings. You're not betting on machines. I, I thought they were going to be better. I mean, I love Derek Ryan. You know that. The University of Alberta connection. I tried to convince Pete to take a run at him four years ago, three years ago. Uh, but you look at their, I mean, the James Neal thing hasn't worked out. Uh, but they're still, you know, so they added a couple free agents, gave them a little bit more depth, but that's a good hockey team. And maybe just to, I'll leave you with this, you know, we think we, you know, Connor McDavid's a special player. Dry Settle's a hell of a player. But you had Mark Giordano in Calgary. And that guy is a world-class defenseman. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, and he, he should be. I don't get to vote on this, obviously, but he should win the, the Norris Trophy in my mind. For sure, there's there's some really good players having really good years. I don't mean to denigrate them in any way, but what Mark Giordano's doing at both ends of the rink is mind-boggling. All right, I got a, a, a fun question to end with. So we have John Shannon on Monday, Mark Spector on Tuesday, Craig Simpson on Wednesday, Louis DeBrusque and yourself on Thursday, and Elliot on Friday. Which of those NHL hockey on Rogers personalities should I be trading off of Oilers now? Trading off of Oilers now. Off well, our show. If it was you, be, who would you trade away? Um, well, I like all those guys. This, this, it is a fun question because if I secretly didn't like one of them, this would be easy. But I actually like those guys. I'd pro- probably, probably spec because he's so sarcastic. You know what? You'd be amazed how many people feel that way. Hey, great time, yeah. Brian. We'll be watching you this week, okay? Okay, thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Burke from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It's 126 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell. But not before I tell you. The guests and orders now receive gift cards to the Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Again, Eileen up next. We'll get to NHL today. We'll get to your text. Maybe we'll even open up the phone lines. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.